Hello and welcome to There's No Place Like Summer Camp. I'm your host Andrew Waterhouse and in today's episode we're having a review of A Secret Diary of a Camp Counselor. So come into my tent and I'll spill the beans. and welcome to episode 68 of There's No Place Like Summer Camp. Now this episode is different from any other episode that I have done on the podcast and let me tell you why. This is the episode all about an existing book out there and it was the first that I read to do with volunteering for summer camp and it's called A Secret Diary of a Camp Counselor. Now I have approached the author on Twitter about this just to give her the heads up that I was going to do a review of her book. But this comes completely out of the blue to her. So if she is watching Lucy, I really appreciate you writing this. It gives me plenty to work on. And I'm sure it comes across as a bit of a shock to perhaps have a podcast dedicated to the whole summer camp vibe and having a review of your work all these years later. But Before we begin with the episode, let's touch upon what's happened this week. So this week I've been doing a lot of research into summer camp, of course, because my own book, There's No Place Like Summer Camp, is approaching its release day. And I found out today that uh, there is a summer camp festival. I did not know that there was such a thing. If you go onto Google and search for summer camp festival, it is a real thing. It's in Illinois, if you're keen to attend. Um, I don't know how much of a tie it has to Summer Camp, but all I know is it's called Summer Camp Festival, similar to Reading or Leeds or Glastonbury. I'm sure it's not as big of a name um, as those. But if you are interested in going to a Summer Camp Festival, it's in Illinois. And the headliners I saw were Smashing Pumpkins. Um, so... I don't think it's one for the younger group out there. I don't know any Smashing Pumpkins songs myself, and I hope that hasn't made me look out to be bad with my music. But for any of you that do know me, my music taste is horrid. I'm well into my pop, well into my current stuff, and anything that's Coldplay or Oasis. Cat, go away. Okay, so let's crack on with the main subject of this episode. This is all about... A Secret Diary of a Camp Counselor. So before we begin, I want to give you a bit of heads up as to like my background, because this is the hardest I've ever worked for a podcast episode. About four or five years ago now, I purchased my first Kindle, my only Kindle. I don't know why I said it was my first. And A Secret Diary of a Camp Counselor, I think is exclusively, I could be wrong, Lucy, I'm sure you'll let me know, um, as a Kindle ebook. And that's the main reason I bought my Kindle, because I want to explore the market, see what's out there, see the existing books that are out there, take some hints and tips, and see if I can relate to some of these summer camp books that are already out there. And about four or five years ago, whenever I did purchase my Kindle, the first book I bought was A Secret Diary of a Camp Counselor. I gave it a read, enjoyed it, and put it away. And last week... Who comes up with a great idea of reviewing this book that I read four or five years ago? Me. And what I did was I had to basically refresh myself on the book itself. So 
this past week, um, I've thankfully been having some time off work. I've got a lot of holiday days to use up um, as it's coming up to the end of the year. And with those days, I was reading not this book like a sensible person would be, but instead I was reading I was reading The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And I absolutely loved that book. I didn't want to put it down. So for probably five days of the seven since the last episode, I've been reading the uh, bestseller hit from Matt Haig. Absolutely loved it. Amazing book. I can touch upon that maybe in a different episode. But it left me with two days to read. <laughs> it left me with two days to read a secret diary of a camp counselor, and thankfully, I put all the pencils down, put down everything else I was doing, and just read a secret diary of a camp counselor, giving myself a refresher of a book I read probably about four years ago. So, let me just give you a bit of background into the author herself. So this comes straight from her author bio it, on Amazon. It's, it says, uh, Lucy Harper, born in 1984, was born in Northampton before moving to a little village near Birmingham where she spent the next 16 years. She went to Sheffield University, aged 18, and wasted her first summer off slaving away in an office, bored. She was determined to spend the next summer doing something incredible, and so she went to summer camp. Secret Diary of a Camp Counselor is her first book and is based on that summer. She now works as a travel writer in London and often reminisces about the summer of 2005. She also likes to get the passport out at every opportunity. So, that's the heads up on this book. And let me delve in to my review of this. Because, trust me, I have been putting in blood, sweat and tears to finish a book in two days. It's pretty difficult. Okay, so starting off with the positives, and just a heads up before I begin, I want to say that this is going to be touching upon many areas of the book, but I'm going to try and keep it as spoiler-free as I possibly can. It is pretty hard to review a book, especially when I'm doing it for my first time, and it's about summer camp, and it's something I'm passionate about, without sort of giving away the whole plot. Um, so... If you are going to read this book, it may be worth, I don't know, maybe going and purchasing the book. I can give you a link to that at the end of this podcast. Or just listen, listening to my review, see if it's up for you. Um, because, you know, we're all here to try and help each other. So let me start with the positives of A Secret Diary of a Camp Counselor. So the first thing I wrote down for this review is it really tells the nerves of applying for summer camp really well. It sort of drops you into the middle of things where it's from a girl's perspective and it's her first time going to a summer camp and this is something that definitely relates between the two books from mine and hers. Um, it's from a girl's perspective though so that's completely different. I don't know why I said that at the start but having those nerves in there right at the start and how she's nervous to go and make friends and be in a country full of strangers it comes across really well in this book throughout. It's from a girl's perspective, so you get um, things in there like getting really dressy for nights out um, and losing weight in advance. That was a big part that you don't, you're not really going to get from me. Um, you might get the part about getting dressed up for particular nights or evenings off, 
but you're not going to hear so much about the weight thing and from a girl's perspective how their issues are slightly different from a guy's perspective so I think that's a really great selling point of this book there's a great dilemma right at the start of this book where she's been hired to be a DJ but it turns out that a previous counsellor is already there ready to do the job for another summer so that was a really great point in the book where I could totally relate to that sort of gut-wrenching confusion and being in that situation where you come to your DJ booth to teach DJ is such a cool job that she came here to do but finding that someone's already there from previous years and he's just looking at her like what are you doing this is my this is my job and she's she's come along with all her CDs and carry cases and ideas for teaching kids certain things I love that dilemma there that was a really great twist that is so realistic that you get from working at a summer camp and she really bounces back from that really well I'll move on to that in a sec Another great positive of this book, and I really found this fascinating, was the GC, as they call it. I think it's called the Golf Club, um, but they they often abbreviate it to the GC. Um, this is basically a club where the counsellors and staff let their hair down on their evenings off, and they hike up this hill nearby to camp and go and get drunk for the night and then come back and <laughs> counsel the kids. Um, I found that fascinating because I couldn't believe that a, a camp would have something called a GC, essentially a place to go and drink and let your hair down, um, especially with America, how they are for alcohol. She does touch upon that later on in the book about the drinking age and having to be 21 and having all that responsibility of the kids. It was really fascinating to see that they have a GC where the camp pretty much authorize the staff to go and get drunk on the nights they have off. Having the kids line up for their antidepressants was really relatable and that was something that I saw at my own summer camp where she was looking around in sort of confusion and also disgust of seeing these campers line up for the antidepressants before they would have their breakfast and it's a real um, conflict of what it's like to come from the UK into the US where they prescribe such things but I have to say the GC drinking situation was a sort of another level of confusion for me when I was reading this but having that sort of um, conflict of interest with the alcohol and then the antidepressants it was a lot of things that were coming in and very like overwhelming as a reader that you're just like oh my god this is fascinating like how does a camp let you have alcohol Another great positive of this book is how um, Lucy moves from being a DJ into other areas of camp. So I think, uh, I can't remember the name of the um, the director, but the director essentially takes um, Lucy and moves her into different roles around camp, just filling in positions. And the main areas that she seems to be working in is like creative and craft. And having her work in... Um, these sort of areas is really fascinating as well because she gets that conflict of coming into a new position something that she's not really trained to do and she's having to come up with lesson plans lesson ideas and not having any campers turn up some to some of her lessons like creative writing that was really fascinating and seeing how she dealt with that but this camp in general really did sound like a step above from 
what I would consider like a typical camp, especially the one that I went to, it had activities like circus and trapeze. And I was just like a bit blown away by those. Um, but I think in general, the overall storytelling of the book is really relatable and you can kind of like just get a feel for what it's like to work at a summer camp. The relationship that she has with some of the kids, particularly there's one that was affected by the 9-11 um, terrorist attack where she's playing with him in the water and then he chases her with a stick. That was really like touching and nice to see. And I think that's really where Lucy steps up out of her comfort zone and grows as a person um, in those small moments. Now, this is a story all about being a camp counsellor, and I know that's like the main job that many people go and volunteer at summer camp for, and that's something that's really great about A Secret Diary of a Camp Counsellor. It gives you that unique perspective that there's no place like summer camp isn't really going to provide, because the position I had was like more of a specialist sort of role, where I'd take the kids on campouts, campfires hikes canoe trips and all that good stuff so having a book that's all about being a counselor and being in the middle of kids all the time 24 7 and having to make sure that they wipe their butt after going to the toilet or um being around making sure all the kids wake up for breakfast it's really fascinating and i really love that it is a really great read for counselors and it will surely give you a good a good picture on what it's going to be like to work around kids all the time another cool specialty that really blew me away was the rocketry one that was a bit crazy <laughs> um, like I say this camp did seem a bit extra a bit out there with its sort of like offering to the kids and um, that was really cool to see there was some absolutely mental news that happens right towards the midway point of this book with regard to a couple of deaths a couple of people actually die while she's um, working at this summer camp because of a um, seemingly drink and drive situation. And that was absolutely f crazy, Ob obviously horrific news to hear, um, but it really added a spiteful twist to what was a sort of like a fluffy story in some ways. And it was really fascinating to see particularly how fast camp takes that news in and then digests it and processes it and moves on because there's some key points within this book where Lucy says um, at times camp was the fastest thing in the world but at the same time it was the slowest so many things would happen in the same day but at the same time the days would fly by when she was looking back and um, noticing that camp was coming to an end absolutely mental news to hear those two um, people that died in the car crashes and it really had like an impact and a tie-in to the GC because there's sort of like a weird like cause and effect going on here so I'll be very surprised if the GC is still around at the camp that she worked at. Now the way that this camp really processes these deaths and stuff is quite fascinating as well because there's a couple of people that leave the camp because the directors, the leadership were making them feel quite shit. And this was particularly around the London bombing that happened in 2005. And I have to say that because this book is based in 2005, there are quite a few things in this book where you just think, mm, it's a little bit out of date. So a couple of points where I saw that was where 
Lucy would be excited to go and get herself an iPod and she would be lugging around her CDs thinking, oh, I don't need these anymore. Um, and obviously it being set in 2005, you're going to have certain scenes like the terrorist attack in London. Um, but it just kind of took you out of the bubble a little bit where you're really excited to read this because some of it couldn't really relate. And things like the GC with the drinking at camp, I don't think that would really be a current thing that would be acceptable in 2021. Now, one of the most fascinating parts of anyone's summer camp experience is relationships that you make, not only with the friends, but also with the romance too. And I can tell someone like Lucy right now might be uh, muting the podcast. <laughs> uh, but I really found it fascinating and exciting um, to read about how she got on with a particular staff member called Ben and the drunken antics that they would have in the staff room on top of washing machines and um, being in that sort of relationship. And when Ben really opens up with his death of his nan that happens while they're both at camp is really quite touching too because obviously Ben and Lucy have only been together f or seen like known of each other for a, at least I don't know a month or two and suddenly he's opening up to this stranger about how close he was with his nan and uh, that really shows that the types of relationships that you make at camp are really like nothing else in real life. Now this is a performing arts camp, and it's not very clear until about midway through the book that this is the case. I think um, Lucy could have done a slightly better job at explaining the type of camp that she was going to. I don't think it was particularly clear to me reading it that this was a performing arts camp until it was really written out in black and white. Um, there were some really funny moments, I have to say, that I absolutely laughed my ass off when I saw that a camper had got, <laughs> a camper had got caught giving a blowjob <laughs> and uh, the leadership team found out about it and said basically the counsellors aren't keeping an eye on their kids enough because the security team had found two campers hooking up and getting off to the extremes. Um, and that really touches upon... Um, I really liked in this story that Lucy wrote how she compares her own teenagehood to the teens that she raises at camp. So I think for the most part, the, the teens that she raises are 13-year-olds. And she often says, like, as a 13-year-old, she'll be sneaking in beer, she'll be getting on it, she'll be having a laugh, getting off with boys. But the campers that she's raising, besides the ones that are giving blowjobs on the side of the fucking, you know, camp path... Um, she really sees them as a lot more mature version of a teenager, and uh, that was really cool to see. She also has a realisation of wanting to travel uh, rather than sit behind a desk. I know roughly around the age that I went to camp, um, that was definitely a push factor for me to really pull my finger out of my ass, really, and see more of the world. And um, I think that's going to be something that's really relatable to anyone that goes to summer camp. Now, Ben does come and go throughout this whole uh, story. He's a really great character and there's like a, a an intense amount of emotion after finding about, finding out a secret about Ben. So I'll leave that to you. And I really love that twist and um, really cool to see how, how she dealt with that situation. Um, 
There was a funny part in the story as well where she says that she became a tooth fairy and she's going to add it to her CV. And that's one small thing that as a counsellor you're likely going to have to do. Um, Just the small things such as being a tooth fairy for a night. And that's really like a moment in your life where you sort of become like a parent to many of these children. She mentions often how there are so many people there that are complicated and fucked up. For instance, there's people where their parents have died or someone's got cancer and they've sent their camper in for uh, like part of their will. There's a 9-11 backdrop only being set four years after 9-11 and many of the campers have some sort of tie to that. There's grandparents that are dying at home. There's people that are being fired. There's the two counsellors that have been killed in a drunken drink and drive situation and I'm glad that she had the perspective to see that she's kind of lucky in a way to have the to have seemingly I I use like air quotes here a good upbringing and a good situation to come into camp to whereas there's so many other people that have come to camp with not so favorable um, environments and backgrounds Now, getting on to a more positive note, I really did love, there was a piece where uh, towards the end of camp, they all went out for like a big night away, and um, she has a friend called Pip, who got absolutely leathered, as you would expect, when you have a GC on site, um, and they get absolutely slaughtered, absolutely off their head, and... um, just before they're coming back to camp, she's seeing her friend Pip in an absolute state, pale as anything, puking up constantly. And Lucy is sat there thinking, I need to get my best friend sort of like together so we can come through the camp doors without her being fired. There's only a couple of weeks left to go of camp. And what Lucy did was amazing because she had to look after the counsellor called Pip like she would a camper. She had to like... uh, make sure that she was puking up everything she 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 was like encouraging the puke which is really grotesque really gross but she had to encourage this puke to come up so it wouldn't come out on the coach it wouldn't come out at camp and then while she got everything out of her system lucy was pushing down pip's sink sick down the sink sick down the sink and that's what you call a really good friend lucy there coming out clutch by pushing pip's sick down the sink and uh yeah i i can i i have been in pip's shoes tell i can tell you that uh anyway uh there are travels to mexico after camp um the travel side of things with this book aren't touched upon at all the story begins um just as she's getting sort of to the airport um and she's like you know getting the plane over to camp and things um and it ends where camp has come to an end there's nothing about the travels afterwards to mexico i would have liked to have seen more about that and that's where there's no place like summer camp is different it's going to have the complete picture of beginning to end um so there's that to bear in mind i really loved the um discussion of the co-workers that um that Lucy has she's a part of a, th- a trio that runs her cabin and there's one particular person called Zoe in her camp 
uh, in her cabin, who's apparently totally useless, and she's a virgin. <laughs> and I don't know how that much plays a part into her being shit, but I did love that, like, calling out culture, because you do get that when you're living with someone for three months. Um, and I, I just found that quite funny. There was a particular part that I felt quite um, relatable to, um, and that was where uh, sorry, uh, Lucy says there's only one black person at camp, and that really brought some familiar familiarity to myself. So the camp that uh, Lucy goes to is in New York. Mine was in Georgia, in Atlanta, and I only had one black person in camp as well. And I think that's a real strange thing about America. It sort of touches upon a slight, weird, deep-rooted racism. And I know that's a, like a quite harsh word to use, but I think there is a sort of an underlying culture of some sort of strange cult-like you're not allowed in sort of thing. That's just my opinion. It's not facts. So let's move on. There was a visit to Niagara Falls. That's about as much of a travel log you're going to get from uh, Lucy here because it doesn't go into the travels that she did in Mexico or beyond. Um, but I did really love the, the extra confidence that she's gotten from camp. You can really see it develop throughout the story, especially with Ben. And then she notes that she's going to take that into her real life because she's been treated like nothing else uh, before in other situations whether it be at school or university at, only at summer camp was she really confident meeting strangers hooking up with them having the time of her life and I loved that um, I loved the contrast as well but she makes a fascinating contrast between being locked up in this summer camp bubble as I often call it and by summer camp bubble I mean you're not really allowed out the perimeter of camp and while they have the GC where they can go and drink and socialize with each other it's still sort of locked down to just the camp the counselors and the camp she makes a great reference to the bubble you're being locked in with each other sort of like big brother how I how I reference it in my own book um, but at the same time you're locked up in this bubble but at the same time you feel so free in your personality and the things you're doing like there's one great part where she has a Coco Pops fight with other counsellors and the campers and I can just imagine that in my head as soon as she said Coco Pops fight I absolutely love that scene just it pops straight into my head they're standing on the tables in the kitchen bags of Coco Pops flying everywhere the cleaners are looking on in disgust but Man, that's what summer camp memories are all about. Her confidence really comes to a peak at the end of the book where she's meeting up with the parents and getting tips and money for her services, which is completely bananas. I didn't get anything, may I add. Um, and the slow anticlimactic goodbye of Ben was sort of like a cherry on the top as this book came to an end. So that's pretty much all of the uh, positives I could say about this book. It is quite a long one. Um, it is available on Kindle, like I say, that's where I read mine. Let's move on to the negatives. With Audible, you can listen to a vast range of audiobooks, from your AAA bestsellers to independent authors like myself. With a membership, you get one credit per month to download and keep any title that you wish. And if you are a Prime member, you start your membership with two free audiobooks. You can listen on any device, and I find them best when travelling to work. 
You get unlimited listening to the Plus catalogue featuring thousands of Audible originals, podcasts and audiobooks, as well as exclusive member-only deals. You can start a free 30-day trial today by visiting summercamp.com forward slash audible, which will give you a no-obligation 30-day trial while also supporting this project. HelloFresh are the leading fresh food subscription company who deliver pre-portioned ingredients for its users. You get weekly meals straight to your doorstep, meaning no more time wasted travelling back and forth from the supermarket and no more time stressing about what to have for dinner. You can get everything from family favourites, vegetarian or calorie controlled options. The choice is yours. Get fresh recipes straight to your doorstep with HelloFresh and There's No Place Like Summer Camp. All you have to do is go to there's no place like summercamp.com slash HelloFresh and get 50% off your first and 35% off your next three boxes. Again, that's there's no place like summercamp.com slash HelloFresh for 50% off your first box and 35% off your next three boxes. Back to the podcast. Okay, so moving on to the negatives. Now, I have to say, I I do apologise, but this is my own opinion and this is my review of this book. It does do a lot of telling rather than showing. And by that, I mean, in all of the research, like, it's taken me five years to get to a point where I'm releasing There's No Place Like Summer Camp. I've wanted to perfect it as much as I can. And in all of those years, I've been getting writing tips, I've been getting feedback from people, And a lot of that feedback is show the reader, don't tell them what to think. And I just think with this book, it needed that couple of extra rounds of professional editing. I don't know if that really happened with this book. It more feels like it is actually the diary that she wrote rather than it being a diary that she wrote and then polished into a book. And I think that's where quite a lot of the hard to read points of a secret diary of a camp counselor came about is because it didn't really have that slick edit that I think it needed. Like some of the descriptions I don't think were really needed. There's plenty of times where she skims over chats a little too much. Um, Often there'll be just be one line from someone and I don't really know much about this person besides what I've been told by Lucy rather than the person that's talking, talking for themselves, having a bit of a personality, because it can be hard to read and judge the different characters just based off what the author is telling me, rather than what those characters are saying themselves. And that's sort of a blurred line between where a diary has to be realistic versus uh, readable for an audience, I think. And that's something I'm struggling with as well, so I hope... I hope that my book tries and addresses those. I found it strange that there were multiple entries per day. Now, that's just a personal opinion, but I didn't feel that the time entries were needed where you'd, say, have three entries over a day, one at 9 a.m., one at 12 p.m., and then another at 10 p.m. I didn't really think I needed those three breakdowns. I'd rather just have the one entry for the day 
and have a bit of editing process in there to make it a bit more slick and work into each other. And that's kind of how I've approached my own book with There's No Place Like Summer Camp. Oftentimes there were characters that had no introduction and there wasn't really any dialogue or depth to some people. So I found that really hard to read and understand those characters. And especially when some characters just have a line or two, it can be difficult to remember who's who, I think. And that's a really hard thing to try and fix. Oftentimes I felt like I really wish that she went more into what Lucy felt, like how she felt about things rather than just stating the facts. Like often she would say things like, oh, I'm pissed off at how shit Zoe is without really telling us the backstory of why and the subtleties of what made Zoe shit, for example. Uh, I would like to have known more about her relationship situation outside of camp, what her luck has been like with guys. I didn't really understand the backstory to the the Lucy that was prior to camp versus what she's like at camp so I understand that she gained a lot of confidence at camp meeting Ben and so many other strangers that would soon become friends but I just feel like I needed a little bit more about Lucy that was outside of camp and how that contrasted with the the Lucy that we were reading about. Now touching upon um, the depth of things I think one of the biggest misses for me was the definition of things. For instance, I still don't know what an alternate day is. Um, I'm guessing it's someone that has like a different schedule to the main camp, but then that doesn't really make sense to me. I think it just needed a little bit more polish and maybe a perspective of someone that's reading who's been outside of the camp and then giving that feedback to Lucy and hopefully tying off those small loose ends. And... I think that's pretty much brought me to the finale there. Like I say, it is from 2005, so expect to get some dated content. There's not much you can really do about that, but she gets really excited about buying an iPod and uh, CD players uh, being thrown out and all of that good stuff. But I really think it was a good read. It's really fascinating to read. I think if you're going to be a camp counsellor, this is a must pick up. It is a great read for someone that's totally new to camp and just wants to see how their how the role sort of works for someone that's going to go and volunteer as a camp counsellor um it was a good read i think the negatives have to deduct some points so overall i give this three out of five stars like i say this is a real passion project of mine so i really at times i struggled through the book but at times I loved it. I loved the intricacies of the small details and it's such a niche uh, sort of genre. The travel industry, all about summer camp. There's only a few books out there. So summer camp books, you can expect plenty more reviews of. I have read others and we'll be touching upon those later in other episodes. But anyway, we're going to end it there. The next episode is episode 69 and trust me i have a good episode lined up just in time for christmas episode 69 is going to be reacting to my own camp america video my application video that i made to join camp america back in 2014 i have yet to go back and watch it so we're going to be doing a live podcast episode where i listen back and react to my own 
it's going to be a short episode i imagine because it's only about two or three minutes long but i think it'll be funny just in time for christmas this one has been a long episode but like i say i enjoyed reading a secret diary of a camp counselor it is available on kindle it's under it's under five pounds so i'd say give it a read let us know what you think i'm sure there's a paperback version out now too you can get it by going to there's no place like summercamp.com forward slash secret diary and that will help the podcast too like i say you can get this book on kindle or paperback by going to there's no place like summercamp.com slash secret diary if you have any other books any other summer camp material that you'd like to see reviewed on this podcast do let me know and until then I guess I shall see you in the next episode. It's been a good episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please like and subscribe. All right, I'll see you next Tuesday for the 69th episode. Bye.